Hello, Sobertown. Welcome to the Sobertown podcast. Let's jump on that sober train and ride right into the incredible, wonderful world of sobriety. And come over and join us at SobertownPodcast.com. We have huge resources over there. Todd from Australia has created some amazing modules that will give you sober toolboxes, talks about your body on booze, and sobriety discussions where there's everything in there from cravings to uh, neuroscience and addiction. And also join us on Facebook, Sobertown Facebook. We have an amazing small community there that's growing. So come on over and join us and let's get sober. Boom, boom, boom. And today I want to introduce John Dillon. Hello, John. Hey, how are you? Good. John, you're a singer, songwriter. You're a producer, a co-host with your wife, your wife, Vivian, called The Art of the Song. And you've been doing that for 18 years? That's correct. Yep. Boom. That's amazing. And you're, let me see if I can get this right, luthier. Luthier means maker of stringed instruments. I started in, in 1975, learned how to build guitars. And over a period of about 25 years, I built about 85 guitars. And I had the pleasure and the honor of building guitars for people like uh, Steve Earle, Tricia Yearwood, uh, the Mavericks, Hank Williams Jr., uh, and a few others. That's amazing. Amazing, amazing. And also, you just, you're putting out a CD. Yeah, uh, May 13th, uh, released uh, a CD called Hope Road from Addiction to Recovery. And that's basically. why we're here today to talk about that. Yeah, it basically tells my recovery story through 12 songs. Yeah, and you just did, a, um, you did a live show at Cafe Lena. And that's correct. And tell us a little bit about that cafe, because that's pretty interesting. Yeah, Cafe Lena is up here in Saratoga Springs, New York. It's a uh, coffeehouse music venue, folk music venue that's been in operation since 1960. And uh, notables have played there like Bob Dylan before he even became famous. Wow, that is so cool. You've been sober almost, you're going on 39 years, is that correct? Uh, 30 years. Uh, I'm or I mean 30 years, 29 29 years. and counting. Uh, Boom, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So we're yeah. going to dive into that, and we're going to be playing some songs through this. And So we're just going to kind of keep a little bit of format here mm -hmm. as we go through this. So first, tell us a little about, about yourself, where you come from. Sure. Um, I grew up in a small town in northeastern Pennsylvania into a family that had a family business that was actually started by my great-grandfather, uh, whom I am named after. As a child growing up with the name that was on the family business was was something that was challenging to live up to. I was a very shy child. Kids made fun of me from coming from that kind of family. At any rate, it was always a, a conflict in, in my mind whether I should be uh, take over the family business. My parents wanted me to do that. But something happened in uh, 1964, and uh, on the TV, I was watching along with, oh, they say 70 million other Americans were watching the Ed Sullivan show when the Beatles performed for the first time. Uh, wow, that sort of changed my life in a way. 
I had heard the Beatles music. I loved it. But to see them on TV with all the girls screaming, I thought, wow, maybe I should learn how to play guitar. And boom, that set you on another trajectory, <laughs> didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I had a, a cousin who knew how to play guitar, or he had started learning how to play to play guitar. So we we would listen to records and and pick out the parts and try to learn how to play along with uh, blues records uh, like John Mayall and and uh, Eric Clapton and and uh, Jimi Hendrix and all those kind of people that were uh, popular in the 60s and we started uh, a little band and then we made another band and another band and so music became uh, sort of a, a something that that uh, uh, how shall I say this it, it connected with me with with who I really am it connected me with what I in hindsight uh, call my authentic self and so, so music has always been a constant in my life. It still is to this very day. Were you guys involved with drugs and alcohol back then? Oh, yeah. This was the 60s. The hippie movement was, was in full, full force. We just loved to get high and jam, play, play music and kind of like, uh, Grateful Dead kind of jamming stuff. It was fun. For me, it was an exploration. It was an escape. It was a way to find something totally different than was present in my hometown. Ended up going to Woodstock uh, in August of 1969. And that was another real game changer for me. Growing up in a small town, uh, I had a group of friends that were so-called hippies. When we got to Woodstock, it was like, wow, there are lots of people like us out there in the world, half a million to be exact. So that really changed changed my life and led me to make the decision after trying college for a few months to to drop that and to stick out my thumb, just travel around the world because I thought I could get a better education just going out there and meeting people. So you stuck out your thumb and you learned to ride trains, too. Yeah, I had uh, run into a guy named Charlie who called himself a professional tripper, uh, traveler. He says, we're tripping. And, uh, you know, that can have a double meeting with LSD or traveling. So he called himself a professional tripper. He had a little black book of people that he knew in all these different towns. And he would just travel around from town to town and hang out with people then go to the next town. And so I ended up uh, learning the ropes from him, and he taught me how to how to ride a freight train. Back then, it's much different than it is now. Back then, the people that worked in the freight yard were friendly toward people like us, and we just went into the yard late at night and said, hey, which train is, is going to the east, if that's where we wanted to go? And they would tell us which track number to go to, and then we would look for an empty box car and just climb in and roll out our sleeping bags, go to sleep. And then at some point in the middle of the night, the train would start pulling out of the freight yard and we would be on our way to the next town. So you would be tripping and playing guitar or riding, riding a, a train car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a good line for a song. Yeah, there you go. How long did this go on? I traveled around for uh, about two years, part of it with Charlie and part of it solo. 
I ended up settling in northern New Mexico and uh, found a commune that had turned into a spiritual community, which I wanted to join and I joined. And But one of the requirements was you had to give up drugs and alcohol and you had to become a vegetarian, which uh, being the kind of person I was that wanted to fit in and to be a part of the group, I said, no problem, I can do that. I stopped cold turkey and lived the so-called spiritual life for about eight years. Got married, uh, had my son, my first son, learned how to build guitars. That's kind of what I did to, to make a living. Played music and built guitars. That came to a screeching halt when my then wife asked for a divorce. Copped a pretty big resentment and left the group. The drugs and alcohol came right back in. And you're still in New Mexico at this time, right? Yeah, this is New Mexico, and I'm building guitars and and hanging out with musicians. This was the early 80s, and uh, cocaine was, was starting to become quite prevalent. I loved it. <laughs> it made me feel powerful. It made me feel uh, socially acceptable. It was great for quite a while until a few years later, I began living a double life, things uh, went downhill pretty fast. So you, you remarried during this time too? Correct? Yeah, remarried, uh, moved back to Pennsylvania. The guitar business wasn't doing so well, partly because I was too stoned and to actually operate the power tools that I needed to do, and, and uh, the business sort of went downhill. So I uh, took up an offer from my father to come back and work in the family business. So, and also thought, well, okay, if let's move back to Pennsylvania, maybe I could give up the cocaine. You know, they call it a, a, a geographical cure. I did that and uh, was able to stay off of it for a couple of years. And then, and then that, that came back. So then you're working for the family business, traveling around. And yeah. is this where the, the first song that we'll be playing, Addiction, is this kind of where this comes into play? Yeah, um, I was, uh, as I said, working for the family business, and it, I had to be on the road and spend the night in, in motels uh, from time to time. And this is when, you know, I would hang out in a in a bar, a motel hotel bar near, near the airport and have a couple of uh, vodka martinis, and, and then I would get get up the courage to go down to the the dark side of town shall we say where i could find somebody uh, that would would help me score some cocaine started doing that and that became a pattern spend the night in in those hotels and and uh score and and end up uh staying up all night a lot of the time and and somehow was able to survive until I until I couldn't. So yeah, that's the song addiction. Um, there, there's a line there that you had mentioned that uh, uh, consumed by need to fill the void, searching streets I should avoid. Yeah, right. Um, that's that describes where I was it, during that time. Uh, I often found myself going down to those dark places of town and looking for female companionship. That's actually what happened when I got busted. I was uh, 
looking to pick up a female companion, and she turned out to be a police decoy. The minute invited her into the car, uh, the plainclothes cops came up, grabbed my steering wheel, pulled me out of the car, and uh, that was that was the real the real bottom for me. Okay, let's listen to this first song, Addiction. Past the point of turning back, shades of blue fade to black. Once was all fun and games, now war, and I know your name. Addiction. Addiction Blind conviction To a lesser God Addiction Addiction You want me down Six feet beneath the ground Consumed by need To fill the void Searching streets I should avoid To satisfy this lust inside I gladly take the devil's ride Addiction Addiction Blind conviction to a lesser God Addiction You want me down six feet beneath the ground There's comfort in the dark of night Excitement in the chase Morning on the bathroom floor I swear to God I'll change my ways Then it all begins again Your siren song draws me in Before too long I take that sip Fall back in your icy grip Addiction Addiction Blind conviction to a lesser God Addiction You want me down six feet beneath the ground That leads into the song called White Flag, which is where I raised my white flag and surrendered. After being busted, I was filled with shame. Arrest ended up in the in the papers and working for a family business that had customers all over eastern Pennsylvania. This did not sit well with my parents. So I ended up going going to visit my mother. I had a better relationship with her than I did with my father at the time. And so I 
I went to see her and, and confessed what had happened. I said, I need help. I, I can't do this. I've tried to stop. I can't stop. I don't want to live this life anymore. At that time, we had a family friend named Bill who worked for an addiction treatment center in northeastern Pennsylvania called Marworth. I asked my mom to give him a call, and he came over, and we talked for a while. And he said, uh, well, you know, I think they have a bed up there with your name on it. Can you hang on till tomorrow and, and get yourself up there? And I said, yes, I'm I'm ready. I need to make a change. And spent 28 days in rehab, and that was that was the best thing that ever happened in my life. And you were desperate at that time, too. I mean, in that song, you're... You're talking about how I give up, my white flag flies. If there is a God, I need you now. Yeah, those are definitely cries for help. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I has, had lived that spiritual life in, in New Mexico and that the drugs and alcohol completely cut me off from any any kind of spirituality and in that moment of of need in of darkness i realized that that's that's what was missing in my life and i really cried out for help did you feel like a walking dead man at times i did you know uh i was living this double life you know i was one person when i was traveling and and doing those things and another person when i was home with my family and somehow I was able to, to maintain both of those until until it all came crashing down. Here we go. Let's listen to White Flag. full tune a full grown man 
So you go into rehab, you've been driven to your knees, you go into rehab. Yep. And um, I I was ready. I was willing and I was wanting to to make a change. It was like boot camp for me on how to how to live a healthy and and sober life. Uh, We worked through the first three steps while I was there. When it was time for me to to go home, they said, you have to find a temporary sponsor. Uh, At that time, the the rehab was called Marworth. It was August of 1992, and they were having their 10th reunion, alumni reunion, where people came came back that had gotten sober there. And that was a huge thing for me. I I got to hear the stories of, of people who were living successful, happy, sober lives. And at that time, I didn't really think that was possible. I thought, you know, I had to, how can, how can there be a life if you can't drink or, or smoke pot or do something like that? But I heard the stories and I, and I realized that I could do this. These people did it and they, they can show me the way. At that reunion, I ran into a guy from my hometown named Bob. So when it came time for me to to go home, I called him up and asked him if he would be my temporary sponsor, and he said yes. You don't hear this very often. People change sponsors a lot, but uh, Bob is still my sponsor to this very day. 
Wow, that's really cool. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, really great. And you know that just shows power of community that they, you know, every that they had the ten year anniversary, and then you got to see the power of community. Yeah, exactly. And the real cool thing is that this August they're going to have their fortieth reunion, and they've asked me to come and and share my songs. Amazing! That is so cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be celebrating thirty years and uh, being able to share my story through music, and still giving back, still doing the twelve step, giving exactly. back. Yep, yep. That's amazing. So, which that goes on into that the next song that we're going to have, we're going to put these up in order. Uh, the help I need, and that's where you got the help you need, correct? Yes, yes. The help I needed uh, was. Started at the rehab and continued through uh, actively participating in 12-step recovery. Uh, the chorus goes, I had to be honest, open, and willing. And that's what they taught me at the rehab. That's what I, uh, I gave everything I had so that I could be honest, open, and willing. I will say honesty is a gradual process, you know, looking in hindsight, I got honest in in ways that I had never gotten honest before with people that were close to me. You know, it's a it's a it's a process. You keep remembering things, and then you you say, "Oh wow, yeah, okay, I might need to make another amends here." And uh, uh, so it's a, it's an ongoing process. But essentially, the song "The Help I Need" talks in general terms about what we do in recovery. Uh, the, the first thing we do is we put down the drink and the drugs, but that's only the beginning. Then we need to do the work. We, we need to dig deep. Like I said, be honest, open, and willing. And, you know, there's a component of helping others. There's a, a component of gratitude. Putting down the drink and the drugs got me to a place where I could, I could start to see within myself my character defects and the steps uh, give us tools to work on those character defects and uh, which are actually the the underlying causes of, of why we drank and why we drugged. Working the 12 steps, you know, it, it's a it's a it's a blueprint for for a healthy life. And it's worked for you very well. Indeed, it has almost like, three decades, man. That's congratulations. <laughs> That's amazing. Yep. Yeah. I'm so grateful. It's an amazing, amazing life. And then to do the 40 years at the rehab center, that's just another amazing gift there too. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Okay. Let's listen to the help I need. I finally surrendered and confessed my addiction had brought me to my knees when I truly admitted my life was a mess the help I needed was there for me my friend said I could stop the runaway train been where I'd been found a way to face the fear ease the pain Live a good life day to day 
help I needed was there for me Just had to ask and had to be Honest about my faults and mistakes Open to a new way of life Willing to do whatever it takes The help I needed was there for me We met for coffee at the Daily Grind And down some old church basement stair Room full of folks, all different kinds The scent of coffee filled the air Listen to stories of where they'd been Did what they said, kept coming back Made the coffee and a few new friends Soon my life was getting back on track The help I needed was there for me Just had to ask and had to be Honest about my faults and mistakes Open to a new way of life Willing to do whatever it takes The help I needed was there for me Dug in deep to clear my past Shared my secrets with a trusted friend Prayed my faults be removed at last To those I'd hurt, I made amends Had cleared a whole lot less pain and strife. Shame and fear had disappeared. The spirit force was working in my life. Days of joy, days of sorrow, a bumpy road, but I'll be fine. Don't think about tomorrow, take it. One day at a time The help I need is there for me Just have to ask and have to be Honest about my faults and mistakes Open to a new way of life Willing to do whatever it takes The help I need is there for me And then learn to serve. So that's uh, a song. The big part of, of uh, recovery for me was helping others. You know, it's, it's one thing to, to work on myself and do what I need to do to become a better person. But once I start helping another and 
sharing what I have. Now, early in sobriety, I did that by helping to make coffee and setting up the chairs and telling my story whenever an opportunity came about and eventually being able to sponsor some people. And now what that has led to 29 years later is is me writing these songs that enable me to share my story and to help other people in a, in a totally new way. What you've done with your music is just amazing because uh, you went out, you put all these songs together. There's more than just seven songs that we're going to put up here. There's a total of how many songs all together? Well, there's 12 songs on the album, and uh, that was kind of a happy accident, you know, 12 songs, 12 steps. Um, but uh, it wasn't really in intended to be that way, but it just turned out that way. And it, it uh, basically tells my story through through my hippie hippie years, to the double life, to the addiction, to the white flag, to getting sober and, and learning to serve. Here we go, learning to serve. Some days I stayed and I swept the floors Shared my story whenever I could Speaking my truth felt so good I met an old friend, he was down and out So full of fear and self-doubt Reached out to me, his eyes filled with tears I shared with him how I faced the same fears My life got better as I learned to serve Took me out of myself and into the world I knew my suffering was not in vain If I could help relieve a fellow traveler's pain I told my friend how I got my life back No longer needed that six-pack How I did it all one day at a time The good folks were there with a lifeline I took him down those church basement stairs Got him to help me set up the chairs Told him to listen and try to relate the stories of struggle and newfound faith My life got better as I learned to serve Took me out of myself and into the world I knew my suffering was not in vain If I could help relieve a fellow traveler's pain Let's get rid of that pain Something in you will resonate With the words and melodies that I wrote I share my experience, strength and hope My life gets better as I learn to serve Takes me out of myself and into the world 
I know my suffering was not in vain If I can help relieve a fellow traveler's pain If I can help relieve a fellow traveler's pain And then we get to a song called Chesapeake Bay, which I actually wrote back in, in the day uh, when I was seven, eight years sober. When I got sober in 1992, they said not to make any major changes for a year, and that meant staying in my marriage uh, at the time, which I thought had fallen apart completely, but it didn't. Let's see, so about uh, seven, eight years in, it became clear to me that the that it wasn't working and that I needed to make a, a serious change. Chesapeake Bay talks about how I felt back then, and it uh, I used the uh, the f- fictitious story of a, a family in a fishing village along the Chesapeake Bay. Talk about how how the drugs and the alcohol have really affected the family in a negative way. That song uh, talks about life is life whether you're sober or not and you you run into you're going to run into some difficulties and speaking for myself i'm was so grateful to have the support of my sponsor at that time and i was able to get through this difficult time uh without picking up a drink or a drug okay let's take a listen to chesapeake bay The first-born daughter of a fisherman's wife Pisces ruled the sky She'd walk on the beaches, sail on the bay Watch the seagulls fly She heard them seagulls cry Solomon's Isle in the Chesapeake Bay Twenty years ago I fell in love and I married that girl Soon she began to show her heart began to glow A baby girl, a couple of boys Raised them three kids well Taught them how to fiddle and sail Raise a glass and ring the bell Raise a glass and ring the bell But the whiskey grabbed a hold of me Took me on a hurricane ride I wound up lying in the devil's bed I thought my soul had died Nothing left inside
can't navigate without a guiding star My ship's gonna drift I could not see till the fog did lift That I'd lost my greatest gift Oh, I'd lost my greatest gift Lord, I was blind to what I had Let it slip away Seven years sober and I can't go back to the life of the Chesapeake Bay. Seven years sober and I'll not go back to the life on the Chesapeake Bay. The next song after that is BYOG. You want to explain that? Yeah, that's a that's a cool cool thing. I got the idea from Arlo Guthrie, singer-songwriter, son of Woody Guthrie, and he tells the story of back in the 60s when he was a a hippie and maybe still is to these days. He bought a, a church in western Massachusetts for him and his family to live in. And the townsfolk said, well, what kind of church is it going to be? And, and he said, it's a bring-your-own-God church. So I, that kind of stuck in my head, and I thought, you know, uh, 12-step recovery is a spiritual program. It's not a religious program. It doesn't matter what your, what your concept of God is or whether you have a concept of God. Uh, there is a way to get sober. So I decided to put that into a song, talk about how, you know, it's a spiritual program, uh, we have a higher power, and that takes many shapes and, and many forms. For a lot of people, the addiction has separated them from their spirituality. And it's really cool to see when people start connecting in their recovery, their sobriety, they start connecting in their spirituality too. You see that a lot. Yep, exactly. All right, here we go. B-Y-O-G. Grew up with church and Sunday school. Ten commandments, the golden rule. Pastor preached of heaven and hell. This teenage kid did rebel. Began to search lots of books I read About the Buddha, the Book of the Dead American Indians, the sacred earth Don Juan and the Peyote Church Found a commune, lived on the land Things went sideways, got out of hand I said, screw you, and I went on a binge Years of musing and I'd come on hinged in the depths of my darkest days If there was a God, he was far away I worshipped at the altar of the local bar My body was weak, my soul was scarred They said Bring your own God, bring your own God Turn it over to a higher Inside job, gotta dig deep within. Bring your own God. 
to pray and meditate Think about God, contemplate A judging old man with a beard Or a loving God right here If you don't have your own God to bring You can use the group for what you need Good orderly direction, G-O-D Or good old Darwin might hold the key spirit view there's a way to get better that'll work for you a god of your understanding will get you through What's your life like now, 29 years, and that's Hope Road. Yeah, the title song, Hope Road, is is the last song on the CD. And I, I started writing that as uh, a what's, what's known as the promises of what, uh, what a, a sober life can look like. And I started looking at my own life, and I ended up writing a song about all of the good things that have happened as a result of sobriety and how how wonderful my life is to this very day and how grateful I am. And so that kind of puts puts it all together for me. Hope Road. So, you know, when you first got into recovery, you were broken and you're like, where are you, God? I need you, basically. Mm-hmm. And now with, with Hope Road, as you're, you know, 29 years into recovery, the addiction was destruction and the recovery is life, isn't it? Exactly. Yep. Uh, d- destruction of life and learning how to live a real life is is what uh, what sobriety is all about. And you're doing it. And like your relationship with your wife must be amazing. You guys are hosting and co-hosting a radio show together, right? Yeah, we do a show called Art of the Song. Uh, we've been doing it for 18 years. We interview songwriters uh, and other musicians and talk about the creative process. And and what we've learned is that there is a connection between creativity and spirituality. We've learned that when people engage in a creative process like songwriting or art, painting, or whatever it is, we get into uh, what's sometimes known as the creative flow and uh, I've done a lot of research on, you know, the, the science of, of creativity and what goes on in the brain and the right brain, left brain theory. 
what happens when we get into that creative flow is it opens us up to to something greater than ourselves and so we've we've been very fortunate to be able to to use that radio show as a platform to talk about creativity and to hopefully inspire people to to pick up their own creative work in your sobriety it's given you this gift where you can be on that level, that special level with your wife. Did you just can't find an addiction? You, it's addiction gives you those empty, dark streets, and and recovery just fills that void so much. I I met my wife Vivian. Actually, part of my story that we didn't really get to is that uh, after my marriage in Pennsylvania broke up, I ended up going back to New Mexico. I was uh, playing music in a place called the Western Sky Cafe in Taos, and uh, I was in there having breakfast, and this waitress came, poured me a cup of coffee. She said, you look like a man who could use a cup of coffee, and, and she poured poured me some coffee, and and I hadn't seen her before, uh, uh, and uh, something kind of magic happened there. I didn't really know it at the time, but eventually I would come in and have breakfast and talk with her over the counter. Eventually I asked her out. I, I said, uh, would you like to go out and have a drink or something? You know, not really meaning an alcoholic drink, but I just kind of used right. that as a, as, a, as a phrase to, to uh, ask her out on a date. And she says, well, it'll have to be uh, coffee or tea because I don't drink. And as it turned out, we both we both had 10 years of sobriety at that time. So a few years later, uh, we got married and we're probably going we're going to be sub, uh, celebrating. Well, we, we're just celebrating 20 years of being together this year. Wow. Huge congratulations. I'm glad that you shared that with us. And these gifts of sobriety are working for both of you. The gifts just never end, do they? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. And the cover song of, of John's album, Hope Road. Here we go. On Hope Road, I'm not alone. Twelve road signs guide me home. Left behind the booze, the dope Glad I found this road of hope Inward curiosity Searching for what's real Newfound generosity Relationships have healed Stronger ties with my kids Life partner of my dreams A balance and a presence no more wild extremes On Hope Road we're not alone Twelve road signs guide us home Left behind the booze, the dope Glad we trudged this road of hope Disease of addiction Held me in a trance Divine intervention Gave me a second chance Released from the chains Of that prison of pain Creating a new life Happy 
sober and sane On Hope Road we're not alone Twelve road signs guide us home Left behind the booze, the dope Glad we trudge this road of hope Spirit working through me Guides most every move Gratitude for what I have Keeps me in the groove Writing songs and poetry Helps to keep me sane Practicing serenity Calms my monkey brain On Hope Road we're not alone Twelve road signs guide us home Left behind the booze, the dope Glad we trudge this road of hope On Hope Road we're not alone Twelve road signs guide us home Left behind the booze, the dope Glad we trudge this road of hope Guitars and dogs and horses Artwork made by friends Wake up every morning To our favorite coffee blend Hopes and wishes coming true New mountains to climb We travel along this road of hope One day at a time Yes, we travel on this road of hope One day at a time Well, I'm really glad that we've been able to talk today. And hopefully, John, maybe we can do some more in the future and maybe get dive more into this and where we can get to know more about you too and where you can just keep giving. And um, we'll put links up to your CD too and all of this. Okay. And I really appreciate you coming and being on Sobertown Podcast and sharing with us. Oh, it's, it's my, it's my great pleasure. And, and, uh, if you want to find the CD and, and more about me, it's hoperoadmusic.com. And then we'll put that link up in, in the blurb so okay. that people can just click right on it. Excellent. And find Excellent. you. Thank you so much for having me. It's It's been a, a really fun conversation. I love these conversations because it's they're like from death to life, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, boom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for joining us on Sobertown Podcast. We'll be back soon. Thank you. Thank you.